Barney's ready, yeah, Pearl Jam. Right. Yeah, hell, this is hell, up the long way to concrete. Oh, yeah. Hell, hell, Ricky Hills. Eddie Vedder, everybody. back listeners to the final 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 really final segment of the rhythm encounter 2013 music of the year special we've traversed all the dungeons we've gotten all the elemental artifacts and we're gonna fight the final boss and the final boss is you you listeners uh the listeners picks to be specific we have a list of about 20 tracks that you guys submitted to us either through email twitter message boards what have you um thank you very much for getting in touch with us and telling us what you wanted to hear and Stephen, would you like to explain the, the format? Most of you sent exact tracks. Some of you said pick a track from this game, in which case I went and picked my favorite track from that game because abuse of power. Abuse of power. You know, so we just we blocked them together. I did my very best to get everybody. If I miss somebody, feel free to yell at me, and I'll I'll make it up to you <clears throat> next year. Oh, next year, you mean March? This is uh this this is our grand finale. Uh, I was going to use the metaphor. Uh, if we were on a JRPG soundtrack, we'd be like the track in Italian, like Le Tresor Interdate, or something <laughs> like that. So, so yeah, uh, that is much. what this section is. And so uh, we've got them blocked together in awesomeness, and I'm really impressed with what you guys picked out. So this is going to be a lot of fun to listen to. It's like chaotic. So uh, I'll go ahead and introduce the first four, because I'm awesome. Coming up from uh, Retta, who sent me quite a few messages on the board, and I'm sorry I couldn't reply to every single individual track, but uh, I did listen to all of them, and... In particular, you requested Atrocious Raid from Sen no Kiseki, which we got coming up. And then Ice Ridge of Noltia, Yeez 1 and 2 Chronicles. Omega System from Xenosaga 2. And Hope and Future on the same page from Soul Sacrifice. And those are from Holy Kale. So coming up, we're going to go ahead and take a listen to Atrocious Raid, Ice Ridge of Noltia, Omega System, and Hope and Future on the same page.
Atrocious Raid, Zanoki Seki. <laughs> My first thought was, that's so Falcom. It's kind of like, that's so Raven, but Falcom. But Falcom. Because it has violin and chorus and Falcom-y things. It is definitely uh, a final boss-y sounding track. And we played a track on the most recent episode from Zanoki Seki that had... Uh, I think it was actually the final decisive battle. Uh, by previous episode, I mean previous segment. Because it was in my picks. But Atrocious Raid was one of my other selections that I did not get to get in the show. So thanks for doing it for me, Retta. Yeah, right? I, uh, my first note is not atrocious, unlike the title. Yeah, that, like, around, like, a minute and a half, I think, is like a solo piano part that's just awesome. The whole thing gives me a Wild Arms vibe. And again, I've been told it's, like, the 30th, 3500th game in the series, so I can't get into it with that one. But I've definitely liked the music I've heard from Sen no Kiseki the most out of all of those Kiseki tracks we've heard. Not that I didn't like other ones, but these ones have really gelled with me. We're like five games behind, so <laughs> someday. Well, with the Raid Exceed goes, we'll get caught up in like ten years. But we will get caught up. Poor Exceed. Inevitably. That's the thing, is they'll get us caught up. They just can't do it very quickly. Yep. Yeah. But hey, better late than never. And then another Falcom trap track with similar violin deliciousness happening was Ice Ridge of Noltia and that's the arranged version actually from East 1 and 2 Chronicles so that track existed back back in the day but this is a better re-instrumented version of it and I think it's great yeah that you pointed out that you thought the violin was Falcomy and it definitely is um, I think I even said that in an earlier section but it's uh, it's crazy to me that that's like a song that's been arranged so many times because there's like 900 versions of the first East, East yeah. that it's like you're hearing like an arrangement of an arrangement of an arrangement of an arrangement. So it's interesting. Probably, yeah. <laughs> I actually I, I listened to one of the earlier versions of the track, and it's kind of cool how it's evolved. Because I mean, it's it's still the same melody, but it's neat all the little flourishes and stuff they've added to it. And that's we were talking about uh, in an earlier segment how like you feel like you're in on a game when like the music has history, and if they can capture that kind of history, and I really feel like this track captures it too. Like you get a sense that this is. Not that it's an arrangement, but you get the sense that this is a track that has, you know, some... Has a little bit of history behind it. History. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I like that a lot. I mean, one of the things I actually liked about the track and that I've been trying to, like, tune my ear towards, like, listening to mostly is, like, uh, the piano work. And I actually felt like that it has, like, almost like this gallop step feel to it. Like, it's very, like, it's... The rhythm behind it is consistent throughout the entire song and adds, like, the whole pacing behind it. And that was something I could really get behind the entire way through. Same with the drum work. Even though it sounded a little bit mechanical, but it added a lot to like keeping that pace up the entire way through, which is something I look forward to in every like songs like that. They have that semi epic feel to it. I just want to see if it can keep it up the like you know from beginning to end. I dig. And then uh, Omega System, you guys had some words about this one. I liked so I didn't play Xenosaga One. I watched all of the cutscenes uh, because I just didn't really care for it. Did you but get I liked the DVD? This, did I get the DVD? Did you- no, yeah. no, this was uh, in the yieldy days of YouTube. I watched some guy that basically just took every cutscene, put them together, and then put, like, text interludes in between. It was like, Shion and Co. run through a really long dungeon and fight Gnosis. Yeah, like, so, uh, but okay. I played 2, and it's funny, because when I played 2, I liked it a lot, and I didn't realize until sometime later that 2 has this reputation for being the worst of the series, and it is very time-consuming, and that's why whenever I hear Omega System, I always think of how freaking long I was in that area and, like, how long the battles took, but it, it feels Xenosaga to me in that way where it, it feels kind of disquieting and, like, that boop-boop-boop-boop-boop-boop like, thing in the background really gives me, like, a Deus Ex 1 vibe of the, from the soundtrack, and it's... I, I mean that in a positive way. It sounds really cool to me that it's... 
It's like mystery and also just quiet. I don't know. I like it. I don't think it did a lot for me, honestly. Like, not to say it's a bad song. It's just, I guess, uh, it, what, boring is a really strong word, but I, I think I think change. without the context, maybe yeah. it's a little bit weaker, because I can imagine the dungeon. And I think that's actually the case with not all of Shinji Hosoe's songs, or even many of them, but I would... Because uh, the, the in-game music was composed by Shinji Hosoe in Xenosaga 2. The cutscenes and everything else were Yuki Kaijura, and that was definitely the superior half of the soundtrack. But So the in-game stuff actually reminds me a lot of what you hear in like 999 and VLR, um, in that I think it's great in context. And for me, because I can connect it to my context, I remember it. But I think maybe it's a little bit... Maybe it doesn't quite hit you as well if you don't have the background of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's like... Mostly how I feel about it as well, because I never, you know, I never played Xenosaga 2. I only played one, so I never actually got the feel of anything behind it. So, I mean, but so listening to the song, just fresh with no context whatsoever, I mean, no, nothing really changes. It's more atmospheric than anything else, which doesn't make it bad. It's just that, well, you it's, know, it's, 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 it suits the dungeon, because if I recall, it's very, very lengthy. Yeah, I, I right, think I if it was... Yeah, if it's that long, if it was anything but atmospheric, it, I could see it maybe like grading on you later. What, no matter how good or bad the song could have been, so yeah, like, I, I think that was probably the right call. Then, if it's a, would you say a nine-hour dungeon? Well, I don't know if nine hours is an exact number, but I remember being there for a while. That might have just been because I kept dying or the battles. Considering some of the stuff I went through in Xenosaga One, it's not actually like uh, you know out of the realm of possibilities. Like being stuck on the ship the first time you get on it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So moving on to a game that I am the only one who has. Well, Derek has played it, but he didn't like it. Soul Sacrifice. Mm. Uh, I really, I really enjoyed the game. I was, I was less, less hot on the soundtrack. I liked it a lot. I think what my issue was is that it didn't sound like what I was expecting, which is, the, it isn't to say it was bad because I did like the soundtrack, especially in game. But I think outside of the game, it's a little harder to grab it. But this is a case where the context helps because it wasn't what I was expecting from Mitsuda. It was very Mitsuda trying to do the atmospheric dark Western RPG sound. Rather yeah. than Itsuda trying to replicate Xenogears and Chrono Cross. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I think that's why a lot of people maybe weren't quite as hot on the soundtrack. But this track in particular I really liked, especially around 137 when it picks up. And, like, it's it's so depressing because, spoiler alert, that whole game is depressing. And when this song plays is a particularly depressing moment. So, the, like, the vocals and, like, the, so the, the background choir just... it was This was definitely one... If you asked me to pick, like, two of my favorite tracks from the soundtrack, I'd probably have this one on there. You're telling me a game named Soul Sacrifice is depressing. <laughs> Although the title of the track has both hope and future. Well, it starts with hope. I guess future is not an optimistic word, but hope is. Well, future could be optimistic if it's a the future, end of a I mean, seminal movie series title. True. I mean, the fact that it even says you, you might have a future is in and of itself being you know, optimistic. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think with, with, with something like this, you run the risk of, with the soundtrack, it's it's so oppressive that I think it can sort of it can sort of like weigh you down, but I don't I don't think that's a flaw in this song, and I definitely I think this is one of the stronger pieces from the soundtrack. And overall, I do think the soundtrack is very good. I just think the burden of expectation might have shocked a lot of people into not liking it at first. Probably. But when you've played the game, I think it helps because it, it it works really well in the context of the game. I does. tend to have a pretty bad habit of judging vocal tracks. Unfortunately, some of them really gel with me easily. Some of them don't. This one kind of fell in that gray area where I could, you know, take it or leave it. Doesn't make, like once again going back to the same thing I say with every track. It doesn't make it a bad track. It's just it doesn't stick out in my mind as much as you know other tracks do. I uh, I found it kind of like 
very calming, very relaxing the entire way through. It was a nice background noise kind of track, but nothing I would actually like, you know, put on a playlist later and just want to listen to it. All right, well, cool. We're, we're going to move on to our next block of tracks now. And one of them is, or two of them are from Al Hizzy, who is my favorite white mage other than Mike and myself in Final Fantasy XIV. And <laughs> my uh, second favorite bard. An interesting story regarding this first track. Two interesting stories. We'll save one for after. So... Al thought that this track, it's Eternity, and he thought it was from oh. Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, which it is. It's the final. It's one of the final boss songs in Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, which you haven't played it. It's like an RPG Maker game where Charles Barkley has destroyed the world with the Chaos Dunk, and it's kind of the most wonderful, bizarro experiment ever. Uh, but it's actually not originally from that. It's from Miss Walker's Blue Dragon, which was the, one of the two games that they produced on Xbox 360, along with Lost Odyssey, which was, in my opinion, the, the far superior game. And we'll talk about why I like this track so much after we listen to it, and why Brian's not like... And we will certainly like... talk about how much I hate this track. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, no, no, no. There's history behind that, so we'll talk about that. And then, after that, another pick from Al Hizzy. We have the main theme from Might and Magic 10 Legacy, uh, which was... Very surprising to me. Um, I, I like Jason Graves a lot, and uh, it, it was it was like sort of what I was expecting, but wasn't. And then we have, and I'm going to butcher this Italian, if it's Italian. It's uh, Le Ali del Principio from uh, Bait and Kaido's Origins, and that's from Arclight. And also is Jubilife City from uh, the Pokemans X and Y. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick listen to Eternity, Might and Magic 10 Legacy's main theme, Le Ali del Principio and Jubilife City. <laughs>
hope nobody was wearing earphones. That's that song is something else. Uh, I'm really amused that Al Hizzy thought that that was originally from Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Um, well, it fits because it, I was wrong. It doesn't play in the final boss. It plays when you fight Michael Jordan. Of course, because why wouldn't it? And uh, and yeah, it. And welcome to Japan. There's sorry. It's so before I tell this story about why I know Eternity so well and why Brian knows it so well. Uh, it's sung by Deep Purple's. Uh, I think his name is Ian Gillen, and like it's just the goofiest song. Like it's it's there's nothing else in Blue Dragon like it. It's like they were just like, hey, what do you, what can we do to make this incredibly bizarre? And they succeeded. And I actually makes me sad. Sorry. See, I actually liked the song. Brian did not like the song. And years ago, when Brian and I lived together, actually, you know what, Brian? Why don't you tell your half of the story so I, I so it's it's told truthfully. It makes me sad that nobody listening right now could probably hear my head slamming against the table repeatedly while I was listening to that song because I actually gave it another shot just for this show. But that song has a little bit of history with me. I have nightmares about it still. A long time ago. And God, I was in whatever. Burma. I was in Burma. And there was this guy who I really wanted to annoy. His name was Steven. And he was listening to this Lincoln Park track kind of a couple times. You know, I was like, you know what? He likes that song so much. I'm going to replace it with something really annoying. And I found this sound clip of dial-up, like sped up and slowed down with George Bush saying, you just fell for the trap. And I replaced it with it because I knew he'd listen to it inevitably, and he did. And it was hilarious for off about 30 seconds. Little did I know. Little did you uh, know. That can of worms Brian, was open. let me tell yeah. the story with the appropriate gravitas. Later that night, <laughs> after Brian had went to sleep, I sat on his computer and spent seven and a half hours replacing every single music track in his entire computer with Eternity, changing the track names. I changed every shortcut on his desktop to Hidden Files of Eternity. I changed every shortcut in his start menu to Eternity. I changed his Fantasy Star Online shortcut to Eternity. I went into his Windows Sounds and made it so minimizing, maximizing, opening the start menu, shutting down, starting up, moving a window, resizing a window, all played Eternity. And the best part is you couldn't stop that one because it was playing through the Windows system shell. I went through his system files and created, like, I, I would copy Eternity and I made it hidden and called it, like, sys32.mpv and just embedded them everywhere. Hours and hours and hours. Mm-hmm. I I would say I ruined your computer with Eternity. So the next day, when Brian got on his computer, he clicked on it. Ah, ha, ha, Steve, you got me back. And then he clicked again. Little did it, I know. And the song overlapped itself, so it was playing twice on top of itself. And he goes, all right, dude, seriously. And then he opened a window, and it did it again. And then he went to play music, and it did it again. And it was wonderful. And the best part is that Brian goes, dude, th- I don't know why you spent so much time doing this, because I'm going to fix it in like 10 minutes. Little did he know. Months and months eight, later. Eight months later. I remember vividly. Eight months later, we're sitting in our living room with another uh, listener, and he's. we're all saying, hey, do you want to play some Blue Burst? I'm like, sure, I'll hop on Fantasy Star for a little bit. That sounds like a lot of fun. And sure as hell, I click on this icon to play a little bit of Fantasy Star with my good buddies, and what plays? Eight months later, I thought I'd gotten rid of everything else on my computer, and everyone had a good laugh about it, and I cried myself to sleep that night. Yeah, I... Pretty much, my policy when being pranked is scorched earth retaliation. I like to uh, discourage future pranks. Monstrous. I probably would have choked you if that was your friend. <laughs> I think so, too. I'm still scared. I'm on a completely different computer at this point. I'm still worried about clicking files I haven't clicked on in like a year or two because I still think it's going to play. I don't know why, but I still have that fear in my mind. So you know what? I don't fear think in mind! Since I've actually... <laughs> That's 
Since that day, I don't think I've actually pranked you in that capacity. Nope. Too afraid of the bounce back? It's not even that, man. What could it's I just do that, like after that, right? So yeah, Eternity is a song that I like, Brian doesn't like, and is definitely very goofy. So thanks for picking that one out. Yeah, it's really bizarre, and I like it because of that. <laughs> like I, I, I can't, I, it wasn't until like halfway through I looked over, I was like, wait a minute, this is from Blue Dragon? Of all the games, I, I never would have guessed. Yeah. Well, Uematsu was like, hey, what can I do with this? And then uh, the the main theme from Might and Magic 10 is, I was really shocked by like how much I like that, because those games are sort of defined by having a soundtrack that like follows in their pre- steps of their predecessor, I think, because they're all like, it's, it's meant to be a traditional experience, but I still, and that was traditional fantasy, but like the, just the, like the woodwinds in that song are just awesome. I, I really liked, I, I wanted to play that game for a while and hearing that track, I was very pleased. The soundtrack, unfortunately doesn't have any battle themes on there, but I've listened to a few of those too. And I liked them all a lot. Yeah, it's just kind of epic. Uh, I didn't really pick out anything in particular about that track. It just had, kind of a cool epic feel epic fantasy feel yeah yeah. i got got kind of like a mass effect feel from it i don't know why it sounds like kind of stupid but i feel like i was seriously like almost like not suicide mission-esque but you know like i felt like something great was about to happen it was a nice feel like a lead up into something great with it i mean even that being the main theme of that game uh is still i mean that says a lot like that's built for something that's like in-game material for me and like i i totally i dug it throughout the entire way through for sure and then Bacon Kaidos Origins, the entire soundtrack is amazing. Why don't and I have that yet? Le Ali del Principio, sorry again, is just that's it, it just encompasses everything that's great about Sakuraba when he's free to be a little more creative. Because sometimes he gets a bad rap for people like, oh, he's so repetitive, all the soundtracks sound the same. And in the cases of games like Star Ocean and Tales, it's because he's he's told to sound the same. Like, you know, the, the you know not, I love Tales games as much as the next guy, but Tales games are, you know, there's a, there's kind of a science to producing a Tales game at this point. So the, the sound is they, they want a sound they, they they want him to recreate that sound. But when he's able to be a little more creative, and in the case of both Bait and Kaido's games, I think absolutely you get just it has that dramatic sound you associate with Sakuraba, but just the vocals and just it's like quiet beauty. That's what yeah, it is. I like that he gets away from his usual trappings a bit in that track and. That's not to say that uh, I'm also I'm of the opinion that Sakuraba stuff does get pretty samey, but he is also instructed to specifically create music in that kind of style, um, as far as I know. So it's cool to hear something a bit different. Um, another track that I really like from uh, Botan Kaido's Origins is the boundary between the wind and the earth. That's the world map theme. I don't know if there's more than one, but we played that. Least, yeah, at the very least on the first island. Um, that's uh, what you hear. It's a really good track. Yeah, I guess I am, uh, I'm reaching back to stuff we've already done. But hey, it's the one year anniversary. What, what? So it's appropriate. And then finally, we listen to Jubilife City from Pokemon's X and Y. I'll pronounce it properly. Pokemon X and Y. Jazzy track. A little unexpected for a Pokemon game. I was uh, I was clicking through the selections that. Uh, oh, th- those ones are from ArcLight, by the way. Uh, Bait and Kaidos Origins and Pokemon. And I was. I'm, I, this is going to sound bad, but I was shocked at how good both of those tracks were. And Jubilife City, I wrote up my notes. I think that might be my favorite Pokemon song I've ever heard because I just I love that piano. It has such I feel like it's the sound they've been trying to create with that series and haven't had the hardware to do it until now. And it's just it's it's so friendly, but also relaxed. Like like the piano sounds so jazzy. It's like I feel like I'm in a really comfortable bar drinking gin with friends while like there's not like soft mood lighting and like. Some lady in a red dress dancing on a piano or something. I don't know. Lisa? Lisa or no, uh, 
uh, Julia from uh, Final Fantasy VIII. Oh. And I get a stomachache every time I try to talk to her. Okay. No, it's a leg cramp. Oh, sorry. I get a stomachache, too. I think it gets a stomachache in Dissidia. Maybe it's a leg cramp. Maybe, oh, maybe it's both. But yeah. I was just making my, my usual weekly reference to The Room, the cinematic masterpiece of our generation. It is. Oh, I'm going to see that, by the way. On St. Patrick's Day, they're showing it at one of the theaters here. They're going to have a, a night showing of it, and we get to throw plastic spoons at the screen, and I'm so excited. I Truly can't wait. one of the seminal films of our generation. Yeah, Tommy I've Wiseau. only seen it like 800 times. Let it be known that Rhythm Encounter is an ardent supporter of Tommy Wiseau. Oh, well, that's half true. And Greg Sestero. Okay. We're, we're a supporter of Tommy Wiseau continuing to do things, whatever they are. That's fair. But yeah, Jubilee City, great track. Uh, anyone, anyone else have any particular thoughts on it? I, I liked it the entire way through. In fact, I think I commented that I ended up listening to it on repeat a couple of uh, a couple of times all the way through. Just because, I mean, it just has a great feel to it. I mean, I felt pretty happy. I mean, like, something about it, I just had, like, a smile on my face. It was just, just Yeah, fun. like, it, 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 captures, it captures what I think part of the reason people love Pokemon is that it's such a, it's a friendly game experience. And, like, the title of the song is actually How About a Song. So I really feel like it's, like... You know, you went into like the jazz bar and like you got your drink, and they were like, "All right, how about a song?" And you're like, "Yeah, play the play exactly." I mean, like, like I said, it, it just you know what you said. Like, I just felt good. I don't know. It's it's hard to put into words, but like, I just it was you know lighthearted. I liked it. So for our next block, we get uh, we got some picks from uh, Angelo, who has been listening to us for a long time. Thanks, Angelo. We appreciate your patronage of the fine arts. And uh, Angelo picked two tracks, both of which I'm a big fan of. Uh, he picked. From the Etrian Odyssey three super arranged Labyrinth three slash four, um, it's 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 a it's a fusion of the level of the third stratum and fourth stratum dungeon themes from uh, Etrian Odyssey three, and then a sign of hope from Lost Odyssey, and then uh, Glenn and I believe he was formerly known as Glenn Gunner Zero on Twitter requested three minutes clapping from the World Ends with You, which is an awesome song, and then my IRL friend Mathieu asked for the Low Rule Death Mountain theme from the Zelda A Link Between Worlds, so let's go ahead and take a listen to Labyrinth three four. A sign of hope, three minutes clapping, and low rule death mount.
make things a little more smooth The majority is still asleep They're tired of those dreadful dreams Now let me shout and wake you up Let me wake you up
So Angelo picked two awesome tracks. Angelo, who I will always view you as Rhinoa's dog. I'm sorry. I like him, so you know, don't take that as a slight against you. He's a he's a cool dog. He can turn into a gun cannon Earth, dog. Thing. Earth. Yeah, you know, he's just you know, he's Angelo. And Angelo, the dog, picked an awesome Etrian Odyssey three track, which it's funny because I'm always waffling between whether two or three is my favorite soundtrack. I'm pretty sure it's three though. But the super arranged for that album is or for that soundtrack is rad. Like the bass in the beginning, like the the high fidelity bass is channeling that FM bass, like. That you know how it sounds in game. It's like da 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 da. So it, it's it sounds super cool and like like around two minutes in, like the piano and the guitar start just jamming. Just, I wrote so many notes that there's really no point in ta- in saying them all because it's just there are so many great different movements with the piano and the guitar and like the drums that it's just such a diverse song. I mean, it's two songs combined together, but so deftly and with such care that I just love it. When it comes to the Etrian Odyssey Super Arrange albums in general, they really mean that when they call it a Super Arrange, it's a Super Arrange. It's not just, well, we took the same track and we upped the fidelity. It's like, nah, they went all out. So they, uh, th- there's just so much extra, so many new layers and so many new little nuances. And like you said, flourishes added to that track. It's so dynamic. They had that, the really cool reverb effect, the drum breakdown, guitar, saxophone just all kinds of variety throughout. And uh, I have to say, I hadn't listened to that one yet. So I'm glad that we did. It's good. Yeah, I like the um, the last, I don't know, last half, last third. It's like really, really kind of jazzy. Yeah, I agree. You don't agree? Oh, okay. No, no, I, I definitely agree. <laughs> okay. I yeah, agree. yeah, I like that a lot. It's just, uh, Yuzo Koshiro just, I've said this on several segments of the podcast so far, just I don't understand how he is so prolific and yet manages to inject all of his music with such vibrancy. Well, except for time and eternity, but nobody really put any effort into that game. But it, uh, this arrange was actually done by Yoshimi Kudo. And it's like, it magnifies the strengths of the original track and shores up any sort of lulls they had. Mega thumbs up. The only thing I really want to comment on the track was uh, the awesome use of wind instruments. They're almost throughout the entire track. I mean, I, you don't really hear that a lot in games nowadays. It almost has like a not really tribal feel to it, but just it's original. It's different, and I loved it throughout the entire thing. Yeah, like I don't, I don't know if I call it wind instruments. I mean, they might be, but I know what sound you're talking about. That like, like, yeah, so it's like pipes almost. Like I, I don't know how to really like explain it. Just something about it. I just thought it was original. I hadn't heard it very much in this podcast. People without musical terminology. But yeah, no, I agree. I think it, it does. It has a really cool sound. And then a sign of hope. I mean, we all know my thoughts on Lost Odyssey. It's amazing. And as Angelo and Derek pointed out, it plays during the reading sequences. And I can't remember if it plays during the actual story because it's been so long. But just the piano and the slow buildup of the strings. It's just it immediately calls to mind everything about Lost Odyssey that makes me love it so much. Mm-hmm. It's super poignant. It. To me, it evokes a lot of Joe Hisaishi's work. It sounds like something that you would hear in a Ghibli film. Very yeah, delicate, I agree. very emotional. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only word I could really think of to describe it was like it was beautiful. Like the entire way through, it was expertly. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful. Yes, it was. Yes, I agree. Though that's I wrote oh, that yeah. in my notes. You wrote it was beautiful. Yes, it was, and then in parentheses, faux Italian. In accent. Italian accent. Yes, that's exactly Got what it. I wrote. Cool. And then after that. We listen to three minutes clapping as opposed to two or four minutes clapping, which are wildly different, and we won't play them on this show. 
Not really. I'm just making stuff up. It's a pretty cool song. One of my favorite vocal tracks from The World Ends With You, and that was sent to us by Glenn, a.k.a. GlennGunner0 on Twitter. So, cool dude. Thank you for the suggestion. Uh, I'm trying to remember where specifically that plays in the game, but it's all kind of a mishmash as far as I can remember. I don't... uh... I don't think it was the ending theme. Yeah, I don't remember where it plays in the game either, but just the I love that bass in there. Like he's just like slapping the bass like that dun 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 like it, it really makes me want to bob my head. Like I and I, I know the lyrics to that one because I I love that soundtrack and definitely one of the cooler ones. Like it really gets that sort of like urban vibe of the Warlords with you really well. Got a nice cadence to it. I'll give it that like thing. I mean I, I Enjoyed listening to it. I mean, it sounds like something I'd like. I'd run to. I don't know if that's a good way of putting it, but it's got it's got a good consistent beat. So yeah, yeah, I dig it. And then uh, Low Rule Death Mountain. I believe when I first got there, I texted Mike or Derek or both, probably both, that it was awesome song, and they were both ahead of me. So I don't know how you guys feel now, but I feel like that's just an awesome arrangement. The production on it is fantastic. It just it really does justice to the original and to the people who like loved Link to the Past. Like I, I just. It's so dramatic with, like, the snow and stuff. Super duper cool. It very much feels like a dedication to the fans. Oh, yeah, for sure. I was really, I did not expect to hear, well, a couple of songs in there that they carried over. But uh, I I think that's my favorite one that they updated. Yeah, like, it's funny, though, because I feel like the music in Link Between Worlds stands up well outside the game. But I, uh, in this case, just because the area looked so cool, like the snowy Death Mountain... I'm always I always think of like walking around in that just that terrifying area with the stupid cyclopses that hit you and do like nine arts damage. <laughs> yeah. Jerks. All right. We've got two tracks left, so the final boss is coming up to its almost final form. This isn't even my true form. We can pretend like it's uh Wild Arms three and it has like twelve final forms because that was just ridiculous. So I don't, I don't have four days to fight it. Yeah, I know. See? And we well but you do have as much time as you need to listen to this podcast because it's awesome and portable. Um, so we've got first up Souls of Fire from Dark Souls. This was uh, suggested by Evilise Alliance, and we have played this song before. But you know, we love really you, good. so we're gonna play it. And yeah, we care about Evilise Alliance because he has always been a good supporter of the podcast. So we just want to include his pick in there. And then following that, we've got Drippy's theme from Nino Kuni. It was submitted by Monsoon. And he also submitted the Desert from Penny Arcade for. I thought you said that- Derpy's theme. <laughs> What? I thought you said Derpy's theme. This is Derpy's theme. No. <laughs> I mean, Hello. I mean, some people might argue that Drippy is Derpy, but I don't necessarily. I can't, no. I can't corroborate that. He's not Derpy. He's Welsh. There is a difference. <laughs> I wish Derpy had a theme. Derp. No. Oh, no. Derpy's a pony. I know. I realize okay. that. You know that. Oh, I'm impressed. I'm not okay with this. Also submitted by Monsoon, Steven notes, not the Metal Gear Rising villain, Monsoon. Well, that's what I thought right away. I was like, that's one of my favorite boss battles. But I don't think I'm going to slice you into a million pieces. No, but he might be. We don't know that. Like, we've never confirmed. Monsoon, I know your icon on the boards is uh, Laharl, I think, from Disgaea. But please confirm or deny after listening to this if you are, in fact, Monsoon. And then finally... um, we're going to listen to Tokyo Map from Shin Megami Tensei 4. Conveniently, the soundtrack for this just came out like a couple days ago, officially. And that was submitted by Josh Bateman, who became an editor, probably because he liked our shows and content so much. I'm a, we can go ahead and say this the shows. It's totally the shows. Yeah. Uh, but we, we enticed him, and he became an editor. He is, <laughs> I, I almost can't say his name, Jotacon, because Stephen always Jotagon! 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 Step into the Jotagon! 
Step into the Joctagon. You think anybody wants a rat house kicked in the face while I'm wearing these bad boys? I don't think yes. so. So thank you for your submission, Josh, even though you're a staff member and you're a cheater. So coming up, we've got Souls of Fire from Dark Souls, Derpy's theme from Nino Kuni, uh, The Desert from Penny Arcade 4, and Tokyo Map from Shin Megami Tensei 4.
fire. Cool track. Um, still not going to make me play Dark Souls. Sorry. That's okay. Again, I mean, you know, after the, like, nine chances I've given it, and nine probably is not an exaggeration. All I'm I saying... attempted to play Dark Souls upwards of, of five times, probably approaching ten, where I've made a character, sat down in front of a TV, and put, like, two to three hours into it, and I'm just like, nope, not for me. All Every I'm saying time. is that for a guy who misses the old Castlevanias and wants a 3D one, it's right no. there in front of you. No, it's completely different. And maybe if Dark Souls didn't have a complete, like, butt-ugly interface and <laughs> ugly character models other than the enemies. Well, the you're, supposed, you're, supposed to, cool. you're supposed to wear armor. I don't care. That's not an excuse for me. It's not going to work. <laughs> but the character models look fine once you wear armor. You just look yeah, because you can't see them. Well, yeah, because you look like a dork. But you're, well, great. you're supposed That's to be ugly. an awesome facet of a game to have a character <laughs> creator that can only create ugly characters. Well, that's because they're all zombies. Derek, Sorry, have you ever played World of Warcraft? True beauties on the inside, Derek. Yeah, they're True ugly beauties too. on the inside. Of armor, apparently. No, I'm superficial as hell. Get out of here. So, get out. But yeah, Souls of Fire, my comment, my only comment that we didn't say from last time is Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls. I, Brian and Mike, you've never commented on this track. Do you guys have anything you'd like to add? I will... Okay, I love that song. <laughs> There's no other way for me to put it. I can't really even comment on what about it I liked a lot, just other than I dug it the entire way through. It's a lot of piece like, to it. Yeah. Uh, one one thing I will point out is that uh, there was a little bit of confusion. So Firelink Shrine sounds very similar to that because it's sort of the main one of the main themes of the game, but that's Souls of Fire. That's I believe that's what plays on the... Uh, like. In one of the introductory sequences on the title screen, I can't remember exactly. But, yeah, it's not the Firelink Shrine theme, but it is gorgeous. It's so very peaceful. Makes you want to take a nap, which is funny because Dark Souls is not peaceful. That's, it. That's what Dark Souls makes you want to do in general. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that, isn't that the idea of the song? Is it supposed to, like, you know, put you, uh, put you at ease and then, mm. like, kill you repeatedly? Slap you in the face. Well, it puts you at ease so you can have that sort of emotional respite from, like, all the danger that's everywhere else. After that, we listen to Drippy's theme. Drippy. Um, it's from, from Nino Kuni, and that's actually—I actually think it's just the same song that plays in the Fairy Ground, which is the Fairy Village. Interesting thing is, uh, the DS version of Nino Kuni was made first, and the PS3 version came after, obviously, because that's how things happen sequentially. I don't know why I specified that, but the uh, the Fairy Ground didn't exist in the DS version, as far as I'm aware. And that was one of the neat things that they added to the story was you get to go and see where Drippy comes from and all his friends. So uh, it's this song that plays in, in uh, this very silly little, like, again, I hate to keep bringing up the comparison, but I mean, it is, the art is by Studio Ghibli, so it feels very Ghibli, and it's like this weird kind of sort of folksy Japanese aesthetic with all these little, like, it has these tiny buildings with the neon signs, and the fairies are doing stand-up comedy and being <laughs> jokesters and stuff. Like, it's it's really goofy, but uh, it's one of the more memorable. Oh, is that, that's where they're doing the Rakugo, isn't it? Like, the, the two fairies, like, one of them is, like, a straight man, and one of them is, like, the yeah, goofy dude, and exactly. they're telling comedy. Yeah, that's a style of comedy in Japan. I heard about that and wanted to see it. Yeah, it's pretty cute. Um, the the localization, like, in that part isn't amazing, because they just don't... I'm sure they lose some of the nuance and the humor, but it's still, like, it's still a funny sequence, and I, I really like that area, so I appreciate this pick. Musically, I, I can't think of a lot to say about it. It's just, it's kind of whimsical and fun. For, for uh, me, it has, like, that very orchestral, like, chamber performance Studio Ghibli feel. And, like, see, I actually thought it was a lot more dramatic than I would expect from seeing Drippy. But if you said it plays in that area, that makes a little more sense to me, at least. Because it seems so dramatic for that guy who's, like, forgive me, but looks kind of derpy. Yeah. He's like, not derpy. He's Welsh. Well, he's Welsh, yeah. But, like, 
he's like he's very quirky looking, and I I was like, wow, this is awfully like this is kind of dramatic for that little dude. Like, have you, have you ever cool. heard his voice though? He has a deep voice. Oh, does he? Yeah, he's very like he's a. Oh yeah, of, oh yeah, yeah. I've heard it. I've heard it. It's yeah. kind of a smart, you know, smart aleck. Yeah, that's his. That's thing. what caught me completely off guard. Um, well. to be honest, I I haven't played the game, so I didn't know anything about it. I had no context with it, but I started listening. to it, I was like, wow, this is actually epic. Is not. I don't know really how to put it. It's just like uh, it, it was surprisingly well composed. Epic is probably too strong of a word, but it's the only word I can think of right now. But well, I didn't expect it to be as like boisterous as it was throughout the entire thing. I would correct you on saying surprisingly though, because it's Joe Hisaishi who is the guy who does like all of the Studio Ghibli movies. So I, I would I wouldn't say I'm surprised, but I think what you meant was that you were surprised by because you didn't know what to expect from the track. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I, me either. Again, I haven't played the game, just, you know, now I'm judging based on, like, outward appearance, but I did not expect a character to look like that, to have a song like that. I expected something kind of silly. Derpy's the man. He's one of the coolest characters. He's got a lamp on his face. It makes him very handy. That That's what it is. It's, I think it's the lamp on the face. Yeah, well, it's useful. And then let's move on to what's probably going to end up being everyone's favorite track here. Yeah. Desert. Hyperdoc Soundworks, Penny Arcade 4. We played uh, the final boss theme from the game earlier in the episode, and uh, I love Hyperduck. It's just, this was one of the first tracks they released uh, before the game came out, and while I will follow up my earlier comments of saying I don't think the music fits the game at all, um, I just, I think it's very, I don't feel like the music is very well matched to the areas it's in, but it still gives the game a really interesting vibe as a result, because the music is amazing and just so interesting and evocative, but I don't really get... Like, I, I don't think desert when I hear this, but, like, the the, the bridge, the, the piano is just so somber and just it, – it, it has this really great kind of oscillation between highs and lows and just has such a sense of drama to it that I really, really like it. It's par for the course for Hyperduck. Those guys are great. I kind of feel like even the name of the track, just the desert, <clears throat> does it a disservice because it doesn't yeah. – you know, it's just the desert. I mean, I expect to hear, like, no, and then blowing wind and uh, – something evoking a tumbleweed you know rolling through the desert sand or something but you Basically you hear the, the desert and arizona you, yeah that's yeah having lived in arizona all my life that's what it sounds like i just open my door and i get like the tumbleweed it happens every day but yeah so i the the both the title and the i want to say yeah like the environment in the game kind of don't do it justice so it's a cooler song than one might imagine it could be one of my favorite songs we've listened to thus far like, easily. Like, having never heard it before, before this, I mean, i blown away. I loved it. It's a really great soundtrack. It's good in general. And then our final track from this block was the Tokyo Map theme from Shin Megami Tensei 4. The comparison I want to make, it's not quite the same, but it really is almost evocative of when you get out of Midgar in Final Fantasy 7. Because in Final Fantasy 7, you spend the, the good first portion of the game in this sprawling city that feels like it's big enough and alive enough to be the setting for an entire game. And then you get out and you're like, holy crap, there's a whole world map with other places, and I was just in this tiny little dot on the map. Of course, nowhere else on the map is as big or as fully realized as Midgar, as you later find out. But it's it's kind of similar in Shin Megami Tensei 4. Maybe not to the same degree, but when you start Shin Megami Tensei 4, you're in this place, the um, Eastern Kingdom of Mikado, and your mission as a samurai is to go into this dungeon called Naraku, and it just goes deeper and deeper, and you have to keep retreating to town and healing up and restocking and fusing more demons 
and you spend a lot of time delving into it, and there comes a point where you get deep into Naraku. I mean, like, we're talking, you know, probably, like, five hours, maybe more, like, five to eight hours um, into the game, you, you finally emerge from Naraku into Tokyo, and you're like, what?! There's a whole area, like, there's a whole world map outside of this, so <clears throat> Naraku feels like it's big enough to be the, you know, the whole dungeon for the game, and it's going to keep changing. Kind of like if you've played Etrian Odyssey, you know how the, the, the labyrinths, yeah. at least in the, a, in the first few titles, yeah, like the labyrinths keep, you know, they, they get deeper, and then they just change completely environmentally. Um, whereas, so you think that might be the case with uh, SMT4, but no, you merge into Tokyo, so... I know that was a really long-winded explanation of a, sort of like a game mechanic thing, but the, the, the track, I think, has impact for that reason. Um, you may not get quite as much of it if you just listen to it on its own, but I like it a lot. It's very cyberpunky and kind of illustrates the combination of, uh, of technology ruling and like the desolation of Tokyo being overrun by demonic forces. What's interesting about it to me, like I like your comparison to Final Fantasy VII. Like, I think because they showed footage in advance of Tokyo, like, if you start SMT4, it's like, what's going on? This is medieval. Like, it's very bizarre. But then there are, like, computers in certain places, so it's it's very, like, confusing. And, like, the music up to that point is very... It suits that, that the kinds of areas you're in, and then all of a sudden you're in Tokyo, and the game just gets dark. Like, vis- visually dark. Like, it's nighttime in Tokyo, and, like, you get, like, all the, like, the lights and stuff. And so you have this, like, really different vibe... And I think this song captures that well and links it very well to earlier SMT games. Just mm-hmm. their, their style and their sound. Yeah, there's the contrast, I think, makes it a little bit more exciting as well. From from literal daytime in Mikado to literal nighttime in Tokyo. I would agree. So, with that, we're going to move on to our final block of audience picks. This now is we're on the final form. Final form. This, is, this really is my final form. So, coming up from... Uh, so both Arclight and, I'm going to apologize if I mispronounce your game again, but Jean-Marc Giffon, I think it is. But he's a very strong supporter, so I hope I got your name right. This is Id Purpose from Fire Emblem Awakening. And then after that also is another Valdis story track, Beneath the Surface, which big fan. I'm a big fan of that one in particular. And then, so on, we have another thread for the podcast up on VGMDB, and a nice fellow by the name of Jedi Questmaster requested some tracks from Mega Man Battle Network 2. Being that I'm an avid fan of those games. I was very happy to hear that because I, I really like the song that he picked. This is the uh, hometown. It's it's ACDC Town from Mega Man Battle Network 2, which is an arrangement of the hometown song from the first game. So it's kind of cool to see how they progress if you listen to both of them. And then last is Heartening, quote, Dance of the Cornered Rat, quote, from Sigma Harmonics. And again, one of our oldest listeners, Michael Thornton, Peregrine on the boards, I believe. Forgive me if I, if I got your appellation wrong. It's a really interesting track from Sigma Harmonics. You had requested some some Sigma harmonics, so I thought we'd, we'd hook you up there. So uh, let's go ahead and take a listen to Id Purpose, Beneath the Surface, ACDC Town, and Heartening, Dance of the Corner Rats.
Fire Emblem has really good music in general, and I maintain that the music was one of my favorite parts of Fire Emblem Awakening. This track was really long, and it had a lot of callbacks to past games, many of which I, I'm not sure I recognize right away, but Mike, you said you knew at least one of them? Well, I reckon it was about three minutes, a little over three minutes, and I don't know which Fire Emblem it's from, because I did not play it. I just know it is that Fire Emblem song in Smash Brothers. I think it, it plays when Marth, when Marth wins a battle, doesn't it? Or when Ike wins a battle, like, da na 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 That's the main one, right? I, th- I think that is, like, that the main... like, the series main thing. Isn't that, like, the main thing okay. in the series, maybe? I mean, that would make sense why they would put it in Brawl. Yeah. But, no, I, I thought that was a nice touch. It was. It wasn't in there very much. It was just in there a little bit. I like that a lot. Yeah, actually, what's what's great about that song? We've already talked about it a few times on in other segments, but it's it, that's one of those songs that gives you a sense of history throughout the game because it just pulls in so many different musical references from earlier in that game and clearly earlier in the series and just like the marching band and like the kind of the drums and the choir and everything. It's it's very dramatic, and I, I think that's the the track that plays during the final battle. Uh, I could be wrong because I haven't actually done the final battle, but it's I I real I mean I like the whole soundtrack, but that one is a really great musical culmination. Well, it seems like a good place to put a track like that, especially at eight minutes long. A, a lot of the tracks in the game are pretty lengthy, just because you know it's it's tailored to the kind of game it is. You know, you have you know cutscenes with lots of dialogue and then l- lengthy you know s- strategy battles. And then beneath the surface, <laughs> I adore the Valda Story soundtrack. I've reviewed it talked about it i played i think we played at least i think we played one track from it i don't think we played two but it um zach Parrish has this kind of like the way i associate with shimamura her violins i always associate this really particular style of guitar to zach Parrish's music and it just it it makes me think of valdis um mike you said it reminded you of metroid yeah it kind of has a super metroid vibe to it I, I'm not sure which track. Maybe Meridia, Brinstar. I, I don't know. Like a combination of them. But it, it kind of has this Metroid-y feel to it, which I like. That's probably a good thing, too. Because, I mean, the game is a Metroidvania. And I it's it's definitely heavily inspired by Super Metroid. It's And it's like... Uh, like, when I think of my favorite Metroids, which would be Zero Mission and... Well, most of them that I've played, I, I really liked. But, like, when I think of Super Metroid or Zero Mission, I think of just how inextricably tied the music is to the area. Like, visually... The music suits Valda's story so well, so, so much so that I can recognize the area from the music, like just in my mind. And like that song is just very somber, and just it reminds me of just like hopping around, platforming in that area. It's super duper cool. I gotta play more of that game because the music is good. There are some things about that game that don't work for me perfectly, but the music has universally been incredibly good from everything I've heard. Yeah, overall, I think it's a great game. It has it has some rough spots and what I would call some balancing issues here and there. But overall, I think it's a... If you like Metroidvania games, especially those with amazing music, which actually gives you a lot of options because Castlevania, Metroid. But, uh, okay, it's a good one, and it's not that expensive, so I, it's definitely worth trying. Well, yeah, the, the subtle guitar work in the background was easily my favorite part of the track as well. Like, I... There's a lot of that in that soundtrack, and it's definitely one of the strengths of it. Um, and it suits well, like, the... Because, like, you'll have, like, an area theme that kind of has that subtle guitar, and then as boss battle themes start, it gets really, like, and just gets really cool. Exactly like that. Following that, we got to hear ACDC Town from Mega Man Battle Network 2. I thought it was really cool to have a chippy song mixed in there. I I am very partial to my chip tunes, so I'm always happy to hear some, as long as it's not the only thing I get to hear. Um, we need to yeah. play. We need to play more chippy style like game boy advance music yeah i agree and because i i love my chip and oh man 
it's okay. There's something to be said about the 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 dedication, I guess, on the composer's part to creating a really memorable melody because melody is almost all you have most of the time, and depending on how far back you go or what kind of fidelity you're working with. But um, this is a GBA game, so they have a bit more to work with. But it's I just I really like the the peppy chippiness of it. Yeah. Yeah, I just I love the way sounds sound from the the Game Boy Advance. I it's love just... the way sounds sound. Well, like you well, know that like, Game Boy Advance games have a very particular sound palette, and it, it, like some people really get, like identify with the Super Nintendo. I, gen- I identify with Genesis, but Game Boy Advance, we kind of all have one of those, and it's just like it has like this old school like digitally sound, and I just it reminds me of spending. I remember playing all the Battle Network games when I would visit my uncle for the summers in Massachusetts. Like, I just remember like sitting on the couch in their house, and it was always super cold because he always kept the air conditioner at like sixty-five. And oh, I just, like, like no, I do. I, I thought it was great too, and just sitting there like endlessly playing Mega Man Battle Network, and I love the ACDC Town song. So I was so excited when um, Jedi Quest Master brought it up, and it's just it's it's friendly. Like that's like you could say those games are child friendly and. To an extent they are, but I think there's also enough meat in those games that you can really sink into it. And it's just kind of, it's a happy game to play. Like, it's, it's, it's a goofy premise, you know, getting on the internet and, like, jumping into TVs and toasters to fight Mega Man Robot Masters. And, yeah. You know, and, like, the melody is great. I just, I feel real good about that song. It's just fun. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, fun. like, I haven't heard that song in years and years and years and years, and I don't actively go back and listen to these soundtracks, although I should. I kind of want to play one now. But I remembered it immediately. The melody's right away. Because that, that's actually, um, I'm 90% sure that's actually an arrangement of the hometown song from the first Mega Man Battle Network, which is the same city. So when Steven said that it has a lot of meat into it and you can sink into it, and I'm, am I the only one that pictured um, Mega Man like in a room full of meat? Yes. Thinking? Yes. Okay. Yes. okay. Absolutely. No, no one's on board with this, just me. I mean, I, I mean, I'm normally fine with any kind of meat-related metaphor or you yeah. but this time I guess not. You're on your own, Mike. Okay, I'm going to go over here now. That's fine. So after that, we listened to a song that didn't make me think of meat, but it was called Heart Meat, <laughs> Dance of the Cornered Rat, because I don't like rat meat. You don't? Sigma Harmonix. My first thought is, I need this soundtrack. I, Sigma Harmonix was an iOS game, and it did not come out in North America, correct? Uh, it was a DS game, and you had to hold the DS sideways. What are you saying to me? I am saying these things. Are I mean, it might have... Might have all... what? Really? It, so it was a DS game? I, I mean, I believe you. I just, I thought it was an, I thought, what am I thinking of? Because there was some iOS game where you had to, like, import MP3s. Or maybe it was even an Song iPod summoner. game. Oh, that was Song Summoner. Oh, Song okay. So I'm off. You had to just use the to... wheel on the old iPod. Yes. Okay. I'm, saying, yeah. I'm thinking of Song Summoner. My bad. So Sigma Harmonics, I know nothing about. Go on. Yeah. Well, I, w- I had always wanted to try it. And now that I can read Japanese, I probably will. But yeah, you have to you have to hold the 3DS as like a book, and it was just it was a, it was a quirky little game, and I I can't comment too heavily on, but it was I think some of Masashi Hamauzu's earlier work with Square Enix, well not earlier, but you know earlier than now. That's why I got I got I know Mike didn't you said earlier, but I got such a Final Fantasy 13 vibe from that, like the piano and the violins backing the piano, like kind of overlaid on top of it, and just that sort of like forward motion that I always associate with Hamauzu's tracks. Just all over that song. Really liked it, though. Yeah, I dug it all the way through as well. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all we get for you people. This is this is the end. Well, it's not the end. It's the new beginning. This is Fernando's new beginnings. When but, one door uh, closes, another door opens. Exactly. So to all of you who sent us picks, and if I missed any of you, I'm really sorry. But like I said, hit me up. We'll, we'll get you, I promise I'll make it up to you, you know, probably next year. But uh, 
Thank you so much to everybody who sent picks in. You guys sent a, a really great variety of things in there, and a lot of stuff that I hadn't heard, like especially the Pokemon music, the Might and Magic stuff. Um, just lo- lots of interesting things that I think made for a great finale to all of this recording we've been doing. And uh, so a little something I thought of right before we recorded that I wanted to do is that we, at the very beginning of this, at the outset, Derek and I recorded uh, sort of an introduction because we couldn't wait to thank everybody for helping us get here this year. And uh, what I actually decided to do is to literally thank everybody whose name I have. So I'm going to go down the list of all of you listeners that have posted either on VGMDB, you've yeah. emailed me and Derek, you've hit shout us outs. on Twitter, you want an RPG fan, but you're all getting shoutouts. And now some of you I know by your real name and some of you I know by your handle on a message board. And I, if I mix any of them up, I apologize, but I think I have them right, but you're you're free to yell at me or you get lucky and I'll read your handle and your real name and you'll get you know two mentions but so going down the list we've got holy kale one king of fighters versus capcom end of pie monsoon we appreciate you even though you're tough on us al hissy my favorite eorzean friend other than my other favorite eorzean friends arclight thank you for the cool story retta glenn evil east alliance jean marc my friend matthew my friend dan lewis jedi Questmaster from vgmdb winifred phillips james o Josh Bateman, also an editor now, Mike Thornton, Wendriel, Ultra7K, Wild Armor, Grain of a River, insert name here, Darylon, underscore Vandalier, underscore, Unsmashable Pumpkin, a.k.a. Unmashable Potato, Setra Blues, Zachary Sarver, Barrel, Larson Blurst, and William Reyes. Also, thank you so much to Khan Gao for composing our original musical theme, Sean Shaftigansky for composing the Halloween version and the new version of the theme that you probably heard at the beginning of this episode. Ivy Tran for coming to do an interview with us, Casey Orman for showing up and doing a whole episode with us, Tom Lipschultz for doing like six episodes worth of content with us, Kyle Miller for being a guest, Rob Steinman for being a guest, Mike, you right here, Brian, thank you for coming on on your first podcast, John Tucker, Mac from RP Gamer, Don Kotowski from SEMO, Derek, thank you very kindly for doing this wonderful journey with me. Of course. I even friend. wrote my own name down to thank myself. Because no, thank you have to me. let me thank you. You have to okay. let me thank you. you thank you, Stephen. Stephen Meyering, Talos on the Boards, for being an awesome co-pilot and for yes. starting this venture. Thank you, thank you. All of you people whose names I listed and anybody I missed and anyone who doesn't comment but still listens to us, thank you so much. We've just... I've had a lot of listeners tell us that they have this newfound appreciation of video game music thanks to listening to us. People who, like, by and large, just used to ignore it altogether. I've had... That's, I've heard that story more times like than I can remember now. And just there have been times where I'm like super frustrated by all the editing I have to do or such scheduling or trying to get things sorted out where I'm like up at 3 a.m. wondering if anyone is getting anything out of this. And I just really sincerely want to thank every single person that's been involved with this, that's listened to it, that's helped me put it together just with everything I have because all of the nice things you say and even the things you don't say just by listening and especially those of you telling us that you appreciate this music in a new way are just the best thing that someone making something could ask for and mm-hmm. that's it's just when I started doing this that, that that was all I wanted to do and just when we started out I even wrote on the boards I said my starry-eyed idealistic goal or damn fool idealistic crusade depending on how Star Wars literate you are was just to foster increased awareness and appreciation of game music and Thanks to all of you people, after a year of doing this, I really, I, I, I would take away the starry-eyed thing. I guess it's not that unreasonable, because people appear to be, you guys appear to be enjoying it, and if you're looking at game music in even a slightly different way now, or if you're turning up the volume when you wouldn't have, I feel like we've done our job, and so many of you have already said that. So thank you all so sincerely for listening to Rhythm Encounter for an entire year, and 
be sure to keep up next month because I promise we'll have another episode coming. So thanks for listening to Music of the Year. Thanks for reading all of our cool interviews. Brian, Derek, Mike, thank you guys for being here. And uh, I think to break with tradition, I, I picked the surprise track this time. No one knew this was coming, but uh, I've, I've never had the opportunity to do it. So I kind of want to do it. And I wanted to indulge in just something super epic as a finale. So this is from the Linked Horizons Lux and Dark Kiko album, which is a collection of live performances of Bravely Default tunes by the composer-performer Revo. And the track is Serpent Eating the Horizon. It is the final boss theme, and it is amazingly epic, and I think suits how I feel coming out of this long recording and editing session. So thank you, everyone, for listening to Rhythm Encounter. So taking us out is Serpent Devouring the Horizon from Lux and Dark Kiko.